every one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students, to belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, where our heart is to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. For more information, go to my website at mikefalkenstein.com. That's Mike Falkenstein, F-A-L-K-E-N-S-T-I-N-E.com. Thanks for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this, the latest episode of the Made for Missions podcast. So glad to have you with us. I am Mike Falkenstein, and I'm here again with my co-host, Ken Watmore. Ken, how you doing? Doing good, Mike. Good. How are you today? Good. Real good. Yeah, actually, we've got kind of a, of course, people wouldn't know this, but we've got kind of a unique deal. Normally, we're recording the podcast in uh, the mornings. Uh, one morning a week, and uh, we're actually doing an evening session. So right. uh, I don't know if that'll enhance the podcast or <laughs> detract. It could be some of, I mean, you know, we're, we've had a full day. On the other hand, our, we're, we're hopefully fully alert and right. ready to go. So right. uh, yeah, so it's exciting. And, you know, we're going to can uh, continue this uh, series that we started. You know, there's a, a five-week series. We're now in the third week what I'm calling the Great Commissionless Church. And really, again, our heart is not only to point out what is a Great Commissionless Church, uh, but really to encourage people to to be involved in Great Commission work. Of course, our, our goal here at the Made for Missions podcast is to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission, and that's what we're hoping to do. And so in this week's episode, we are going to talk about you know, we last week we started talking about kind of the reasons that we see these these great commissionless church. Last week we did a uh, we did an episode that was uh, church leaders know the biblical text, uh, but with, but they don't let them sink in. And in this week's episode, we've got reason number two: that pastors, it seems like, in churches that are not really involved in the great commission, you know, pa- the pastors themselves just aren't. Uh, committed to the task, and uh, those are those are similar, aren't they? I mean, if you're not letting the biblical text sink in, uh, it would be easy for pastors to just not be committed to the task. Yeah, I think that um, probably I feel very blessed to be part of a church that's always been very great commission focused, very mm, missions oriented, that's right, yeah. and and all of my church life has really been in that area. But I can say that I have visited uh, or seen enough pastors um, who are very much uh, what I would say are like uh, self help pastors, right? Or or uh, mm-hmm. great uh, great topical speech givers. Um, it, you know, it, it it really is not the uh, full intent of the church to to tell you how to have a great day um, or to tell you how to learn better, right, um, in, in other areas other than biblical text and, and your relationship with the Lord, how, how to be a part of the Great Commission. Um, but I think that that's the, 
what I would equate it to for people who are listening who would say, well, what do you mean by that? What do you mean about pastors who aren't focused, uh, don't know the biblical text or aren't committed to it? I would say all those pastors who have told you um, how to feel really good about yourself during the day are yes. the ones that I, I think we're talking about. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're talking about those guys. And then uh, in the the first of this series, when I was uh, when I uh, flying solo, uh, I talked a little bit about kind of this... Uh, uh, imaginary, uh, somewhat truthful uh, experiences that I've had uh, with these churches. That it's, I mean, it's just the, it's kind of the most interesting thing. You have these churches that, in every other way, boy, you just think they're on fire and they've right. got good singing and they've got fantastic, you know, the good preaching and uh, and yet they're just not reaching out. They're not, you know, they're not outward focused. And uh, boy, as we talked about last week in the church leaders knowing the biblical text but not letting them sink in. I mean, that's just what Jesus was all about, right? Establishing the church initially and then go and preach and make disciples and baptize and teach. And so and so, it sure seems like that's the reason that, in fact, he, uh, he established the church was for it to be a place for those people to, to learn, to grow, and then to be able to, uh, to be sent out. So, uh, so in this Reason number two, uh, I actually Ken would like to just sort of point out sort of sort of what this what we see here, but then spend the most uh, most of our time on this episode with four suggestions for pastors who go, you know, I I know I, I ought to be doing this. I'm busy with every other thing under the sun, which, by the way, as a side note, can happen, right? Yeah, I mean, we sure. can. What is that? The tyranny of, of the urgent kind of a kind of a deal. I mean, there's just pastors are busy. That's right, <laughs> right. And getting requests to be involved in this and that and help with this and uh, er, you know every day of yeah. their existence. Yeah. So it's just easy to get distracted, and it's sure. all good stuff, and it's all helping people, and it's all you know. Yeah. So no, no, no problems there. Except that it just it sure seems like God, Jesus really is wants us to be about the Great Commission first, and then, you know, all the other ministry in a church kind of flows from that, right? That's right. So, yeah, yep. so, so what are we talking about here? So I think as I've been doing some reading about these churches, and in particular pastors who aren't committed to the task themselves, uh, I think that uh, certainly a missions-minded pastor is foundational for developing a mission-minded church, as I mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago. You know, if you don't have the if if the pastor doesn't have a heart for this, it's just very hard to make a go of it uh, anywhere else. I mean, pastors cannot lead their people to places that uh, they're not willing to go themselves. And you know, we see that in a lot of areas in leadership, don't we? I mean, a lot of times leaders have to be the ones to lead by example. That's right. Absolutely. Grab a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. Be the first ones to do it. And so. Uh, if a pastor wants his church to be committed to the Great Commission, uh, he must be dedicated to it himself. Uh, a lot of pastors that I've talked to have said, well, you know, Mike, I get that, but, you know, where do I even begin? Uh, if if they haven't had a, a heart in the past, it's hard to for a pastor to become mission-minded, and so that's actually where I want to spend most of the time is... Uh, these four suggestions to pastors to be able to uh, become more mission-minded. And, by the way, for those 
people who attend a church that don't have a pastor who's mission-minded, maybe these suggestions would be helpful too for folks who uh, would want to encourage their pastors to, you know, to do these things. So first, you know, how does a pastor become missions-minded? First, I think pastors need to cultivate the discipline of just knowing missionaries, and we've mentioned that before. But boy, when you when you know people who are on the mission field or in full time ministry, you know they're um, they're, they're just a, it rubs off, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It really does. Yeah, and and that mission field can be local, like we've talked about plenty of times too. I mean, mm-hmm. I know there are churches that are so focused on the efforts of their local congregation. I think it's important that they have people in their local community that are missions minded people that are reaching into their community. And I think that that's you know we talk about that being a starting block sometimes of how to get more missions minded, right? Is go outside your doors and get involved in the community that's and, then, right. and then expand. Yeah, that's right. And so so there are a couple of sort of de- uh, delineations of this. One, it would be if a, you know, there's some churches that maybe were, were, uh, were supporting missionaries uh, before the pastor came. And so it was just kind of a legacy kind of a deal. And, you know, they, he kind of inherited these, these, uh, uh, these missionaries. And so I just think the pastor should be the one uh, reading the missionary support letters, reading the emails, talk, talking to these missionaries on the phone. And if your church isn't supporting any, there's plenty, of, as we mentioned last week, there are plenty of missionaries to, you can even just literally call a Campus Crusade or OMF or, you know, there's just so many great uh, missions organizations, literally call them and say, we'd love to just adopt a missionary in our area or someone who's from this area. And so, you know, I would say if the pastor cannot name the missionary families of the church, it'd just be hard to, you know, for the congregation to be expected to remember them. So, you know, there's just something about a pastor also being able to go up in front of the, uh, uh, on a Sunday morning and say, yeah, I just talked with XYZ missionary that we support and here's what's going on. And, you know, it just kind of jazzes up the church too, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. I, I think for the, for the pastor to be able to kind of, kind of constantly reintroduce the missionary uh, objectives of the church. Uh, and the families that are involved in them, you know, it's it's one of those things that uh, it encourages one, probably the most important thing is it encourages the support of the mission uh, mm-hmm. and and even in, in prayer as much as that. I mean, that more than anything is so important when you have missionaries in the field for your church congregation to be praying for them and remembering them uh, constantly. That's right. And as kind of a side note, then it's always nice to have the, to invite that missionary to come. Yeah, you know, at least once a year, also, and uh, so if the pastor's talking about the missionary, and then the missionary's coming. Uh, you know, it sort of puts two and two together, and you know, so that's great. So, secondly, pa- ways that pastors can become uh, more missions minded, having gotten to know the missionaries, then uh, the pastor should cultivate the habit of praying for them, and so praying for their marriages and their children, their health, their safety, their language skills. I mean, there's just there's a lot of uh, and I've been doing some reading about that, about how to how to best shepherd, how churches can best shepherd um, their their missionaries, and certainly they're just unique challenges that a missionary on the missions field goes through that most of us, 
you know, we'll probably never experience. There's just different language, different culture. So just being the being the very first one in the church to be able to, you know, to be praying for them for their financial needs, you know, they just it just it just the things that you're praying for are close to your heart, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. The I think that that's absolutely true. And I think that, uh, you know, me, I certainly can't fathom what a missionary is going through emotionally and spiritually when they're, you know, on site, uh, on location. Um, I'm very... I, I'm very fond of reading about what pastors are experiencing and missionaries are experiencing on the field. Yes, um, it always you know turns my heart a little to hear uh, about it, and it also makes me realize, wow, I really, I really don't know what they're going through. You know, oh, right? I mean, you just really don't understand it until you're in it. That's right. And so, uh, for the pastors listening today, let me just encourage you to, you know, when you let the people of your church hear you, you know, when they hear you bring the names of the church missionaries before you know, uh, before the congregation in prayer, you know, that's just a great way to, you know, to lead in that area. So thirdly, uh, we've got our third suggestion for pastors to become more missions-minded. A pastor cultivates missions-mindedness by communicating with missionaries. And so we're praying for missionaries, we're uh, we're knowing them, and then there we're, you know, just to be able to, to communicate with them. And so if you've got, you know, for the pastors who have uh, missionaries that the church already supports, you know, a phone call every quarter or every month, month, every quarter, uh, just really means a lot. I mean, especially with all of the different communication methods we have today with, you know, Skype and, you know, um, there's all kinds of things now that a lot of them are internet based, but, you know, communicate with them if you want to, if you want them to communicate with you. And, you know, church's missionaries should be rightly viewed as an extension of the church's ministry. And, you know, as even the pastor talks to the pastoral staff, you know, he should see it as his basic responsibility to talk regularly with the church's missionaries. And so we're not talking about a very long conversation, even just 10 minutes. Hey, how you doing? How can I be praying for you? You know, just a real shepherding that's aspect right. to that, I think. Yeah, I think that's very important that you point that out, too, because it's. Uh, I think it goes along the lines of the, the, the emotional input from the pastor or and, and even the feeling that the pastor should have to trigger it is in that same vein of, you know, when's when to say when's the last time you wept for the lost, right? I mean, mm-hmm. when's the last time you you wept for those who are hurting and without Christ? Um, I think that same kind of uh, emotional churning should happen in a pastor who has missionaries in the field. You know, when's the last time you have really, really felt for them, uh, and mm. not just are doing it out of an, an obligation, um, though that's okay if that's what starts it, right? Yeah, that's um, right. But I do think that it's a, it's like a father with a child, right? You you you're you should care for them. You should really be involved in in caring and praying for those people. That's right. And uh, there is another distinction here as well. Uh, what we're talking about generally is churches that uh, are not large enough to be able to hire a missions pastor. Right. Um, there might be two things to say about that. One, obviously, the real shepherding of the missionaries that a church has sent out or is supporting for those churches that have a missions pastor, that largely is their job, right, mm-hmm. to do that. That's right. Uh, so, and in fact, probably, hopefully, if you're a large enough church to be able to hire a missions pastor, 
you know, you can actually hopefully shepherd those people quite well because, you know, while a missions pastor has a lot of responsibilities uh, to do as well, that's certainly chief among them, right? So even with that, though, I guess I would say for a pastor to be then coordinating in that in those situations with a with his missions pastor to say well number 1 missions pastor are you talking to these missionaries how are they doing and then to get the contact information and to be able to still I mean I know the most in the years that I've been in full-time ministry the most meaningful interactions I've had like that um have come when a pastor takes the time to call you know, it yeah. just really makes a really makes a big difference. So I, I would imagine it probably makes you feel um, like what you're doing doesn't go unnoticed in times. Yeah, that's uh, like, right. Not not that it's not at all glory for you. It's more that's that right. hey, um, you care. Yeah, <laughs> you, that's you right. Know, you really care, and I really appreciate that because mm-hmm. um, sometimes it's it's tough out there. And we again, just to hit on the point that we're talking about specifically churches who we would put in this category of the great commission list churches. That's We're right. About churches who aren't doing this, obviously there yeah, are that's right. tons of fantastic churches with fantastic oh, are. Uh, pastors who are really uh, fathering, shepherding uh, their flock um, and pay attention to every aspect of it to the extent that they can large churches. It certainly is tougher. Um, but then the missions pastors are effectively bringing before the pastor uh, and before the church elders, you know, these are the people we have out in the field and this is what's going on. So we understand that that is happening and very effectively, but there's churches where for a a host of reasons, um, pastors are really just going through the motions. And, um, that may be that they are, uh, they aren't being, they aren't being fed just like the missionaries we're talking about feeding, right? That's Um, right. That they need people in the congregation. And this is one of the things we talk about is, um, they need people in the congregation to be able to feel comfortable to go to them and say, Hey, this is an area we really need to get involved in. You know, we, we Mm -hmm. need to be involved in missions, uh, and ministry work. We need to be involved in outreach. Um, that's, that's part of the, what we're called to. And I think it's, it's important for us to let the congregation know it's okay to talk to your pastor. It's okay to go say, (laughs) Hey, I really need to just at least let you know how I feel about this. And, and then at points you're going to run into a pastor that, you know, just doesn't have the same heart for it at this time. Uh, that's right. And like you mentioned earlier, you know, it's going to be hard to get your church kind of motivated to do missions work if the pastor's not motivated to do it. But sometimes the pastor's just maybe overwhelmed and maybe needs, someone who's willing to step up to the task. and But but, don't be surprised when the pastor turns around and says, that's great, I agree with you. Now, since you have a heart for it, jump in. That's right. Help us out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You got to be ready right. to help. Yeah, and I actually would not, 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 yeah, that's a great for a pastor to do that, actually, because he's saying, hey, I, I agree with you. I just don't have the time to do it. So right. I need yep. you, I need you to step in and do that. So. Uh, that's great. So, well, Ken, this has been a fantastic conversation so far. Let's take a short break. Let our friend Tom Muller join in the conversation, and uh, he's got a little message for us. So, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us on this the latest episode of the Made for Missions podcast. We will be back in just a minute. Hi, I'm Tom Muller. There may be many of you who are confused about China and the most effective ways of Christian engagement. Mike Falkenstein has written this book for you. There is much confusion and many questions persist about China. Does persecution exist? Can Christians in China worship freely? 
is it still necessary to smuggle Bibles? Being outside of China, how can I most effectively pray for and engage in God's work in China? Are China's unregistered churches able to worship freely? Many people are confused by these questions and issues. China is like a huge puzzle with many pieces and moving parts. It's hard to identify all that's happening today in China. In his book, The Chinese Puzzle, Mike gives you the other pieces for a much clearer picture of China and her church. To get your copy today, contact Mike at mike at chinaresourcecenter dot org for pricing and shipping options. Contact Mike today. Well, Ken, thanks for the great conversation, and we have one more point in this episode as we encourage pastors. Finally, uh, kind of on the fourth uh, tip and suggestion we have for folks, uh, pastors who uh, who want to who want to be, become a better uh, missions minded pastor. Um, I would say the fourth thing is just to actually for pastors to go visit, you know, mm. uh, people on the missions field because there's just nothing like, you know, actually being there on site to see what God's doing and how they're using and, you know, for to be able to sit in a missionary's living room and to be able to pray with them and meet their kids. And, you know, there's just really something about that. I know the the times with our ministry in China that we've brought people with us it just means they just get it. They get the whole picture so much better mm-hmm. uh, than just looking at a, a newsletter of ours or even seeing a video. I mean, we've we've I hopefully effectively used some video at times because it brings people who otherwise wouldn't be who wouldn't be able to come. But for those that can come, the uh, boy for a pastor to be able to come and see and meet the people and you know whether that's Africa or South America or anywhere in the world. It's just a it's just a fantastic deal, and yeah. it's interesting because some churches that I've talked to have said, "Yeah, but how can the church afford to do this?" Right? Because it is a cost for the pastor. You got to raise that money to for him to be able to go. And I would say that that kind of thinking is entirely backwards, right? If they're your missionaries, you know, you should see them in their in the field and the, for you know see their work in their homes and you know see their lives for yourselves you know to be able to pray with them and pray with the people they're working with and you know uh, i just think you know i just think there's uh there's just a lot to be a lot to be said about that so uh so hopefully these four suggestions will help some of you pastors who are out there who have a deep heart who who or maybe we've been able to uh, the Lord's touching your heart in this area, and can I think you're you're right with me? We just want to encourage encourage these pastors to to take these suggestions and take them to heart. Yeah, that's right, that's right. We uh, we do, and again, I think just like I was t- talking about being able to go talk to your pastor for pastors, I think you need to be encouraged to tell your congregation you need someone to jump up and mm, help in these areas. That's right. I think um, that's great. Yeah. From the from the pulpit. Tell them <laughs> we need people. We want to be more involved in missions and we need people. Uh you know, I know at our church, just in the and I'm sure at, at many of the listeners' churches, right? How many times has your pastor gotten up and said, "We need help on Sundays. We need help with our youth program. We need help with this." Well, the the mission field is certainly the same. You That's know, right. we we need help with being able to organize 
uh, newsletters that talk about our missionaries that are in the field. We need help with uh, being able to stay in contact with them and know what's going on. We need somebody to jump up and fill that role. So, you know, we all have obligations within our church body. That's um, right. And, you know, uh, we've talked about enough times in the past when, you know, if you see trash on the ground, you don't pick it up. Well, you're partly uh, responsible for <laughs> it still right. being there That's um, right. to an extent, right? That's uh, something to think about in every aspect of our church lives is um, if there's a need in your church, be a part of filling it. That's right. And I, th- I just really appreciate what you said, Ken, because certainly it's, it's one thing for a pastor to, to not be fully committed and do, to do nothing about it, right? It's another, another whole thing to, to say, which kind of relates to our episode last week there, for a pastor to know the Great Commission texts, to be able then say, I just literally have too much on my plate yeah. to do anything about this. Congregation, I'm giving you full ability to yeah, step in that's right. and, and do something about it. I mean, it's just two separate things. And the second one uh, shows some type of a, um, what would you call that? Sort of a humble leadership, right? That, sure. hey, I don't know much about this, but I know we're supposed to be doing something about it. And can we together uh, see what God wants to do? So, yeah. yeah, I, I think, think that's, that's actually one of the greatest things that you ever see in a church is when a pastor is willing to say like, hey, I feel like we're being you know, led this way or called this way, or I know this is something that we need to address. So as a congregation, let's together address it. Yeah, you know, let's that's go, right. Let's go through some time of prayer together. Um, I'm, I'm going to challenge every one of you to pray about this for the next six or seven days. And then mm. let's get back together and talk about uh, what that is. Maybe we have a special congregational meeting after the church mm. and uh, people bring your ideas. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes in organizations, uh, not just the church, right? Just in business and everything, we're afraid to open up to what else is out there. What other ideas do people have? How many people can we get involved in helping? You know, but you know, you may find that there's some great suggestions, some great uh, leaders out there that don't know their leaders yet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And as a uh, another side note to that, what I found in those kind of situations is you never actually know. Uh, the type of talent that you have a lot of times in these congregations that you didn't know was there otherwise, right? right? And it's yeah. not until you go, yeah, we're opening this up to folks that the guys, you know, who's been quiet and in the back of the church all, you know, for the last yeah. number of years says, yeah, I, I know something about that or, you know, whatever. So a lot of times it's not until there's that need that's expressed right. that they go, yeah. It's kind of like what I say about uh, the the reason I like church talent shows so much because you know you find out these talents that people have, you know, people who sing and play guitar or whatever, you know, you just don't know that. Sure, you never knew that they could do that until you give them an opportunity to do it. That's right. You know, so it's like having a point guard who you always keep on the perimeter. Yeah, that's right. If he can dunk. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, you, right. You can dunk. Drive to the basket. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So, well, that's great. Well, uh, everyone, thanks for joining us for this latest episode. We're so glad that you've been with us, and we're really hopeful that this has been a help to you and an encouragement. We'd love to hear from you. Of course, uh, we've got uh, my website, which I mentioned at the beginning of the in the introduction, MikeFalkenstein.com. I'm on Twitter at MissionsMike. Ken is on Twitter at Ken Watmore. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. And, uh, boy, we're just so thankful that you've Uh, that you've joined us and we're looking forward to having you on the uh, next episode of the Made for Missions podcast.